Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Many of you know him, of course. He comes here, but uh, he hasn't been here lately many Sundays because he's been out filling pulpits around northern Michigan. But uh, Brother Jim Dupree, if you'd come up and preach to us, brother, and uh, Lord bless you as you come. Okay. Somebody told me you can get stars in your eyes up here, and I believe them now. You can make all kind of faces at me if you want to, because I can't see your faces anyway. It's a privilege and an honor to be here tonight, and... uh, Brother Bob said, I've been all over the country in the last few years, filling pulpits. I thought I was going to kind of lay low for a little while, you know, and kind of sneak in and sit back in the back and uh, do that for about a month because I was kind of getting tired. And uh, I'd gone away for a day and came back and had a couple calls on the answering machine and they said, well, could you come and fill the pulpit on the 6th and on the 13th? And this was after Pastor had asked me to come tonight. And he said, well, you'll still be here, won't you? I said, yes. I said, you're number one. And all of you are number one as far as I'm concerned. In my heart, we pray for you. We love you. And... uh Don't get excited if I ask you half a dozen times what your name is. Because I go to so many different places, and the wife normally goes with me, and uh, I see so many different people that it's hard to uh, remember everybody. took me two months to remember Ted. And then I thought of uh, a fellow I used to know. We used to call him Teddy Bear. And we worked in the shipyards and defoes building guided missile destroyers back in the 50s and early 60s. So I I haven't called him Teddy Bear yet, but I might. He's kind of starting to get, you know, I noticed that when we was out along the road picking up, you know, the paper and all the other trash that was out there. I enjoyed that. That was the first time for me uh, going out with a group. I've picked up a lot of trash along the road. and uh, But this, this was, it was a privilege. I enjoyed it. If you've never been out there with the people, get out there and go. Uh, anyway, I've got a bunch of different scriptures, so I don't really have any place uh, that I can say just turn to my Uh, Springboard will be off of Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20 tonight. And then I want to go over, and I won't go to it because it's one of my life verses, and it's Mark 16, 15, which says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I've had some people get put out at me, but that's all right. 
because I'm looking to the Lord and looking to his okay. I'm going to preach the gospel to anybody and everybody that I can. And uh, I was hurt today. I get hurt. I handed out a track to a young lady over at Home Depot. And uh, she says, I don't need that. I said, are you sure that you don't need that? And to show me that she didn't need it, she threw it in the wastebasket right in front of me. Now, that bothered me. Uh, we purchased these tracks, and uh, what I'm hoping is, you know, the guy that empties that wastebasket will pick that out of there and maybe get saved. And it can happen and has happened. Anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And God says to bring to remembrance some things. There's some things that I want to bring to remembrance tonight. There's some things that I want to give you that might uh, encourage you a little bit. Uh, maybe you've got questions and things in your mind even since you've been saved. Hopefully we can uh, take away those questions and take away the anxiety maybe that you're going through as the devil sometimes works. But let's go to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word because your word is truth. Father, it's not what we think, but Lord, it's what you say that really matters. Lord, it's good to be with people that love you. And Lord, I know there's many here tonight that's proven it by being here. Lord, just bless each one in a special way. We think of our pastor. Lord, he's a wonderful man and he has a wonderful wife. Lord, just bless them and give them a good time. Give them safety as they travel. Bring them back refreshed. Lord, that they might be able to share some of the blessings that they've enjoyed while they were gone. And Lord, bless the church. Lord, give us numbers. Lord, help us to go out and be faithful in being a witness. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. There's some things that God expects of his children. And uh, I've said that sometime uh, in the past to many people, or sometimes you might say, and uh, some people get a little bit upset. Well, I just don't want to be put on the spot. Uh, I don't try and put anybody on the spot. I'm just an ambassador for Christ. And that's what all of us are to be, as ambassadors for Christ a representative for the Lord, and the message that we need to carry is the message of the Lord. It's okay to share our testimony, and we ought to be able to share our testimony and should share our testimony. If we've been born again, we've got something to tell the world, what Jesus has done for us. And when we get saved, we ought to be different. We ought to be different. We ought to look different. We ought to smell different. We ought to talk different. We ought to walk different. We ought to be different, and people ought to be able to see it. But God expects his children uh, to sow. And I said we'd start out in Matthew 28, and when I say he expects us to sow, we call this sometimes, we call it the Great Commission, uh, and, and it, is a, it is a commission. It's a command that God gives to all of us, and when God gives a command, He's our leader. We ought to be in the Lord's army. We ought to be surrendered as our soldiers are here. When they're given an order, they carry it out. When God gives us an order, he doesn't just give us an order that we might lay it aside and say, oh, I'll do that if I feel like it. 
But in Matthew uh, 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them. He was speaking unto the disciples. And we ought to be a disciple of Christ if we've been saved. We ought to be a representative. We ought to be somebody that carries that message. And he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever have commanded you. And uh, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the uh, world. We could call this dispensation. We could say the end of the age. But unto the end of the world, he says, when this world ends, and one day it will end. One day you and I, as believers, and, I, and I'm not myself, I'm getting down the road, some guys tell me, but I, I haven't learned that yet. Uh, but uh, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the uppertaker. And that's, that's what we all need to be looking for, and our prayer ought to be just like it tells us in the end of Revelation, even so come Lord Jesus. We ought to be looking for the coming of Jesus. I know I was talking with Brother Jerry Booth back here. Some of you don't haven't met him yet. He and his bro, uh, bride, and it is his bride, okay. Uh, what is it, 40-some years ago? Uh, they came all the way from Lake Havasu, uh, Arizona, uh, to come up here to be with us. And uh, they've been members of the church in Caseville when I pastored there. They're a real blessing and encouragement to us, and they've always tried to do that, and they've tried to do that with everybody they come in contact with them. There's some people, uh, you know, even though I'm not pastoring now, I still, I've still got deacons. He's one of my personal deacons. When I turn around, he's there to help. If I need something, even though he's 2,300 and some miles away from me, if I need something, I can call him. And if he needs something, he can call me. That is, there's some physical things that, that we need, and each one of us ought to be able to call upon one another as brothers and sisters in the church. We ought to be able to depend on one another. We ought to say, brother or sister, I need prayer. Or there's something coming, there's something happening, there's, there's something just like we just heard, you know, as, as, a, as a dear mother had gone home to be with the Lord. I know I lost my mother, and I don't want to say lost. I didn't lose her. I mean, she just went on ahead of me, and one day I'm going to follow her. But it's been over four years ago now. But God was very good and very generous, and some of you probably even remember her. And Brother Bob, he was out there, and he brought her to church time and time again years ago. And uh, that's long before this building was here. <coughs> she she was left with us God blessed us for over 93 years and that was a blessing in the last 15 years of her life we had the blessing and privilege and uh, of having her live with us until God took her home it was a blessing I'll tell you what, if you have the opportunity, and most of us, I know most of us uh, that are in here tonight, except over on this side, of course, there's a few young ones around here. Mom and Dad's gone. 
But they're not gone forever if they know the Lord Jesus Christ. They've only gone on before. And, and we're going to see him again. As I said, Mark 16, 15 is a verse that I wrote down when I first got saved. I got in the Bible and I saw that and I, and I, I wanted to tell everybody that I knew. I wanted to tell all of my family, all of my friends. And I figured, boy, they're, they're just going to just boil over. I mean, they're going to be so happy. They're going to come up and they're going to hug me. And I, they're going to be just so happy that I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And they said, you idiot, you must be one of them Jesus freaks. You know, that's back when them Jesus freaks was there. You know, it's over 50 years ago that I got saved, and I went straight into the ministry. My desire was to see everybody saved, and I thought, boy, I got saved. And I mean, everybody I tell, they're going to want to have what I got. Well, what a letdown. But I didn't stop. I'm still telling people today, I'll tell you what, and it's just like that young lady today that threw that track in that wastebasket, if she's not saved or doesn't get saved, God's going to say, you remember when that young man, you know, I'm young yet, (laughs) and in a heart, okay, in a heart. But you remember when that gentleman, and he'll probably call me that, at least I was trying to be one, gave you that gospel track, and it would have told you how you could know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you turn around and threw it in the wastebasket. I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of a person that did that. I definitely wouldn't want to be in the shoes of somebody that you've had the opportunity to talk to and they said, no, not today, another day. And I've seen people and known people I've talked to say this evening, you know, it was an evening, but let's just say this evening for illustration's sake, and told them all about Jesus and told them how they could be saved and how God loved them and they said, not now later, only to find out that they died that night. It's too late. God says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. He says, what is your life? It's but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Now, Brother Bob, you know, he's not like me. See, but Brother Bob, he doesn't know how time's going, how it's flying. He says, oh, man, these days are so long. He looks at me and he smiles and says, yeah, right. It seems we get up in the morning and it's time to go to bed anymore, doesn't Brother Bob? Huh? <laughs> we don't want to talk about that, do we? It's moving. Time is moving. You young folks back there, you know, you say, oh, I'm so young, I've got all the time in the world. How much is all the time in the world? I found out a long time ago, if you're going to do something for Jesus, you better do it now. When he says to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that doesn't mean that you've got to stand up here behind this pulpit. 
It doesn't mean that you've got to take and do all the things that uh, we who have been called to preach do. What it means is to be a witness and carry some gospel tracts in your pocket or in your school book or something and share them with people that will tell them how they can be saved. And by the way, it's not against the law to do it either. You can take your Bible to school too. There's no law against that. Anybody that might tell you that don't know what the law is. And then God expects his children to show. Now, we think of the, uh, what do we want to call him, crazy man in the cemetery? Uh, We all know about him. They try to tie him up, and he busts the chains, he cuts himself, runs around. He's crazy. He throws his clothes off. He's running around naked. Jesus comes to him, and he he talks to him and tells him who he is, and the guy gets saved. He believes him. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer said, talking to Paul and Silas. And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now the household had to do with the testimony and what what the jailer did after he got saved. Just because he got saved doesn't mean they got saved. John chapter 1 will tell you that. Just because a parent's saved doesn't make the child saved. We're not saved by, by the blood that flows in our veins that came from our parents. And they may be saved and on their way to heaven. But each one of us individually need to come to that point and that realization that we're sinners. And if there's somebody that says, I'm not a sinner, oh, I never sin, I never do this, or I never, wait a minute. You better start examining yourself and looking in the mirror and seeing who you're talking at. Notice I said talking at because you're looking at the guy that's doing the talking. If you deny it, you're denying the truth. Because God says all are sinners and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Not one. Not one that doesn't need the Savior. I was sharing with some people the other day about being born again. I had a track that says, which church saves? The guy got mad at me and threw it at me. He said, well, I'm a member of such and such, and I'm not going to mention the name of the thing. You know, it, it doesn't do good, any good to mention the name of the, where he goes. But in, in three days, I've had two guys, and that's been about two weeks ago, no, three weeks ago, that did the same thing, and both of them, both of them that rejected that track and didn't want nothing to do with it, went to the same type of church, and they're supposed to be preaching the gospel, but they didn't want to know nothing about being born again. I said, "You better look into it." I said, "You ever read John chapter three? I said, I said, I said except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven." 
I said, you're not, you're not even going to see it. And unless you're born again, you better look into that. He got all huffy and stuff and got all mad at me, and he says, well, I'll go home and I'll read it. And I said, good, you do that. I said, make me happy if you did. And I said, I'll even pray that God will open your eyes and you'll see the truth. Well, I've seen him three, four times. I've been working over here in the woods just a little ways off here where the storm went through and off and on when I get a chance. And he goes down through with his four-wheeler. It took him till a week ago. He finally waved at me. He was mad. I'm not against his religion. I'm against any religion. Religion sends people to hell. It's only Jesus can take them to heaven. But after that demoniac got saved, he said, go home. He wanted to run with Jesus, you know, and go with him and enjoy all the benefits and everything. And, and I know when, when I got saved, boy, I'll tell you what. I'd have been happy if Jesus would have just came take me right to heaven with him. I mean, I was rejoicing, you know. I wanted people to get saved. But maybe if they could see, you know, that Jesus just, you know, I got saved and he took me to heaven, maybe they'd want to go too. This demoniac, he wanted the same thing. This crazy man, when he got saved, he was dressed and setting in his right mind and listened to Jesus preaching the word. When you get saved, your mind's going to be changed. Word of God says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Does not mean, okay, does not mean that you're perfect. Does not mean that you won't sin. Does not mean that you won't have problems. Does not mean that you will ever have sinless perfection. Because I've never met anybody that did have it, but I've met some that said they did but I was around them for a while. I know different. They're no different than I am. So now you know I don't have sinless perfection either. But I'll tell you what, I'm saved and I have eternal life. Why do I have it? Because I was a guy one day that somebody talked to me and told me about Jesus. And I said, you know, there's some of these things I never heard before. I figured, you know, I believe about God. I believe there is a God. I believe about Jesus. Uh, and I believe, that, I believe that he's God's son. But you see, my belief was all in my head. And there's a lot of people have a belief in their head, and they actually really believe that in their head. But they have never had a heart-changing experience. And until you have that heart-changing experience, you're going to be just as lost as you were before you said, I believe. There's a difference about believing about and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the desire of our heart is going to be to have those around us at least to take and have the opportunity to talk to them and tell them about Jesus, and tell them how they can be saved.
I wasn't saved until I was 27 years old. Now some of you can figure out how old pretty much I am. They had a sign on a sheet of paper the other night when we went out to pick up stuff along the highway how old we were. Well, I, I wondered why that was. I think I've got that figured out, though, now. You know, how that, what was that guy that used to go like this all the time? He was an investigator. Had that little coupe car. There you go. Well, I kind of went like that, you know, when I put, I said, what the world, they want to know how old I am. I finally figured it out. We guys who are getting down the line, if we happened to kick off while we was out there, they'd be able to put how old we were on our tombstones. Does that make any sense, Ted? <laughs> That's a ha-ha, all right. <coughs> and somebody told me there's a clock back there, but I cannot read that clock. I can see the white, and uh, and I... Going like this, I still can't read it. I can read this one, though. I just noticed it over here winking at me. So I'm okay, I think. Is this one the right time? Anybody know? Is it 748? About that? Because I'm not going to go beyond... The limited time, see here, because I might want to come back again. The pastor finds out I went an hour and a half. I know I never get back here again. But he said, "Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee, and has had compassion on thee." I've already given you Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. He was a new man. He was different, but he wasn't perfect. How many of you know that song, He's Still Working On Me, or at least heard about it? Well, he's still working on me. Going on 51 years, and he's still working on me. And I think he'll probably be working on me until I go home to be with him. And I hope he's still working on you, too. Might we never get to the point where we think we've finally arrived, where we've got it made, where we know it all? Because we never will get that far. One day we're going to get all the answers, though. But we're going to get them from the Lord. And then God expects all of us, all of his children, to have an answer. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, But seek ye the Lord uh, God in your hearts, and every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear, with respect, that means, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the only way that we're going to be a workman that 
divides the word of truth right is to be like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 and go daily into the scriptures and study the things and compare them and things that somebody might say or we might hear and look into God's word and get the answer if it's true or not. Because not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is looking out for your soul and the best for you. Not everybody that says they love you really love you. They're going to show it by what they do. James says, don't tell me, show me. Our walk ought to match our talk. Again, we're not perfect, and, and, and anyone that's doing anything, I, I don't know anybody that's ever done anything in life or tr- for the Lord, and I'm talking about a human being like myself and other human beings, I have never met a person that's doing something that hasn't made a mistake. It's the person that never does nothing, and then they don't realize they've made a mistake. Why not doing anything? We can all learn by our mistakes. We can learn by our mistakes. Brother Jerry told me, he said he made a mistake once. Brother Bob, I got to tell some, I got to tell this, okay. I was in a business meeting one night, and this one lady was sitting back off, back over in here, and her husband was there. And I, and I don't know what, what was the matter. I don't, I don't have any idea what, you know, maybe she went to the Chinese restaurant and did what I did today. And Debbie warned me. She said, be careful of that green stuff. Y'all know, or some of you know. Well, anyway, I took a big gob of it, and I put it on top of some of this sushi. I took a bite of that sushi and that green stuff. I, I think it had dynamite in it. Man, <laughs> it come up through my nose, and I couldn't hardly breathe, and my eyes started to water, and my nose started to run. And I said, woo-wee, boy, that's hot, when I got so I could talk. I should have listened a little closer. But I've got an education on it now. Don't take a lot of that stuff at one time. And then God expects his children to know his word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, it's not just read the word of God. Yes, read, and it tells us in Revelation, if we just hear it read by somebody else, we're going to be blessed. If we read it ourselves, we're going to be blessed. But if we'll get in there and actually take and get down and break it down and compare Scripture with Scripture... 
and study it to see what it's about, then we're really going to be blessed. And as we grow in the Lord and we grow in his word, we realize more of the truths. I'll tell you what, you start to get a calm that comes over you. And then God expects his children to know they're saved. When I say know they're saved, know they're born again, we need to get that settled. You say, well, I got saved, and you say such and such a date, and I was baptized on such and such a date, and I joined the church. And every once in a while, and I say the devil gets around, or somebody comes along and they say, you remember when? And sometimes it just comes into your mind and I think it's the devil is playing tricks on you. And you start wondering, did I really get saved? I want to ask you a question tonight and I'm almost through. Do you think that God is a hope-so God or a no-so God? Do you think that God wants you to hope that one day when you die or Jesus comes back, you're going you're to hope that you go to heaven or hope that Jesus takes you along with everybody else that's saved? But you really don't know. John chapter 10 says that Jesus knows his sheep. He calls them by name. He says that He's in the Father's hand, you're in his hand, and you're sealed on the day of redemption that you have eternal life. John chapter 3 and verse 16 tells us the same thing, that if a person believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives them everlasting life. Now, we go back to 1 John chapter 5. I, I would think that probably most of you, when you were born, got a birth certificate. Or if you don't have one, you could probably go and find somebody or go to the county seat where you were born and find it and then prove who you are, of course. And you could probably get a birth certificate. But see, there's no probably with God. God has a birth certificate. When you got born, God has a record of that. And it's found in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12. And it says, and this is the record that God has given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. It says, he that has the Son has life. And he that has not the Son of God has not life. Now, it's pretty simple. You either have the Son of God, you know him as your personal Lord and Savior, and God says, if you do, you have eternal life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never been born again, you don't have eternal life. You don't have life. You're still lost. You're still in your sin. Now, verse 13 says, These things, what things? The Word of God. These things have written unto you, that ye may know that you have eternal life, 
and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. No question. No maybe. It's a sure thing. And the hope that we have, people say hope, that's not a hope, that's a no-so. It's a no-so. You can know that you're saved. God's Word teaches it all through it. We don't have time to get into all of that because the clock's running against me again. I've had trouble every week. Every time I get in a pulpit, that clock runs away on me. If you've got questions, get it settled. God says you can know it. God says I gave you eternal life. Jesus says you're in my hand. I've got you sealed there. It doesn't matter what these guys come along and say, oh, well, it just depends what you do. Let me ask you something. You trying to do the keeping yourself? Or are you letting Jesus do the keeping? You see, if you can lose it, you're not depending on the one that can keep you. You may not ever had it. You need to examine yourself, and I'm not here to put doubts and things in people's mind. What I'm here, I'm trying to tell you so you can know. You can know. No question. Because what God said is settled. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. There's other verses that say the word of God's never going to change. It doesn't even right down to the last little dot and period in the, in the sentence. It's not going to change. It's settled forever. Doesn't matter what man says. Doesn't matter how many of these perverted perversions that are out here that they call the Word of God. God's Word is not changed. And even these perverted perversions that they have out there, i found that a lot of them do have the truth in there, and even though they try to take it out, God's still got it in there in a lot of them. But I'm one of those guys who said, get with the old book and the old way and the old path, and you'll never go wrong. You'll never go wrong. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.